Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Last Dig a Bit for our month eight study of The Hour Has Come. We're studying about love and we're particularly tying love to obedience as we study through this month's questions and we are in Luke chapter for this dig a bit we're going to be in Luke chapter 7 again we studied in dig a bit number three the centurion so sorry about my um painfully irritating I'm sure voice but I'm going to get through these allergies and I have to just keep plowing on here so we are in Luke chapter 7 and we're going to begin in verse 36 of Luke 7 and take one other of Jesus' commendations from this chapter. It reads, And one of the Pharisees desired Jesus that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Now we're going to find out later that this man's name was Simon. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. And she stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, who had bidden him, saw it, he spoke within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is who's touching him, for she is a sinner." And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have somewhat to say to you. And he said, Master, say on. And then he told, Jesus told the parable about the creditor who had the two debtors, one owing him a large amount of money and the other owing him a small amount of money. And when they didn't have anything to pay, the debtor forgave them both. And then Jesus asked the question, which one of them do you think will love him the most? And Simon, the Pharisee, said, Well, I suppose the one to whom he forgave the most. And he said to him, Jesus said, You have rightly judged. And Jesus then turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered into your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. You gave me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil you did not anoint, but the woman has anointed my feet with ointment. So I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And they sat at meat with him. And those who sat at meat with him began to say within within themselves, Who is this that forgives sins also? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Well, there's a lot of things that we could take from this reading, but I just want us to take a few of the surface ones that are helpful to us in putting ingredients into our faith and love for Jesus. The first one is in verse 37. This woman who was a woman of, obviously her reputation was not good. 
she was known as a sinner, but she did a very brave thing coming into this house of this Pharisee. The Pharisees, of course, being a strict sect of the Jews, the Pharisees being uh, the ones who largely were the rulers of the Jews or produced the rulers of the Jews. And this woman who was a sinner did a very brave thing in coming to Jesus. She overcame obstacles. I just want to say that our faith for Jesus, if we're going to act on it and receive salvation, must be a faith that is willing to overcome obstacles. I've studied with some people sometimes who just had sin that was so precious to them that they didn't want to give it up. Perhaps their job, their source of income was something that was in conflict with Christianity and they just weren't willing to make that step of faith that says, I'm going to have to find something else to do because I'm penitent. Or perhaps it is a relationship that is contrary or is tempting to them to be apart from Jesus. Perhaps they're in a dating relationship and this person is not a follower of Jesus and will not like for you to be a follower of Jesus, for the girlfriend to be a follower of Jesus. And he will require things of her that she would not be able to do as a Christian. And sometimes I've seen young girls decide, I'd rather date this boy than be a follower of Christ. Well, that's, that's not faith. That's not love for Christ. Um, perhaps it is a marriage. And this is, we're talking big stakes here. We're talking about things that are very difficult to even address. But suppose I am in a marriage that is adulterous. Well, I have to count the cost. And I have to decide, do I have enough love for Christ to give up anything that would stand in my way? And this, this woman had to overcome some obstacles to get to Jesus in a physical way on this day. And then I want you to notice that she was standing at his feet behind him crying. Well, I just, my heart just breaks here. This woman had been involved in sin but she stood, it says she stood at his feet behind him weeping, and she began to wash his feet with tears and to wipe them with the hairs of her head. I'm wondering exactly uh, how that configuration was. But while I'm wondering that, I'm also I'm sure that this woman's coming to Jesus was an emotional time for her. It was a time when... Uh, she produced, uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever cried enough at one time to wash someone's feet, but this woman was weeping. She was crying, and her tears were flowing because she used those tears to wipe the feet of Jesus, to wash the feet of Jesus while she was kissing them and while she was anointing his feet with ointment. I'm going to say that this woman's heart was definitely pricked. She, I, I, I think this is indicative of the fact that she understood that she wasn't worthy and that she needed Jesus in her life. She needed what this Savior had. She overcame obstacles to get there. And then it was a very emotional time for her as she began to wash his feet.
she knew that she was in a group of people who would disdain her. I know that she knew that already. And do you think she overheard Simon and Jesus talking about her? I don't know. But I'm, I know that she knew that those Pharisees knew that she was a sinner and she was willing to come. And then she was at a very emotional, pricked time in her life as she washed the feet of Jesus. She was an humble person. Now, I, I am thinking here that, you know, we read about Jesus and he didn't have a good place to lay his head. There were times when Jesus was homeless in his life because the birds have nests and the foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. He didn't own a home. And Simon here, this Pharisee, was respected religiously, but he also was respected monetarily, materially, because he was a homeowner. He invited Jesus into his home and prepared food for Jesus and other guests. And so this Simon was offering the, I'm going to say, the culturally or socially accepted modes of hospitality here. He was respected materially. And this, and the Bible says that he was offering this outward show of hospitality, but he wasn't even giving Jesus what was common hospitality in anointing his head with common oil and giving him a kiss of welcome and washing his feet because their feet were, you know, in that days that was a custom. You had your servants at least to wash someone's feet when they came for a meal to your house if you were well-to-do because that, there was a need for that. Uh, the sandals that they wore on the, that dust over in the desert there in, the, in that Judean region. And so here we have Simon ignoring all of those um, humble things that he could have done to welcome Jesus. But this woman, she did. She gave her very best to Jesus, humbly, not anointing his head, but going to his feet, his feet, his dirty feet, and washing his feet with her own tears and um, anointing them with the ointment. The commentators tell me that this ointment that she was anointing them with that came from the alabaster box was expensive ointment. It was more than just the common ointment that Jesus was referring to when he said, you didn't anoint my head with oil. This was expensive ointment from the alabaster box. And this woman gave her best to Jesus. So I want to say two things about her here. She was humble, seeing that she was the servant of Jesus, even at his feet instead of at his head. And she was generous. So in her faith, we have overcoming obstacles, doing hard things to get to Jesus, being emotionally pricked about her own sin, being humble and being generous. And then I think we have implied penitence of sin here. Jesus would not have said in verse 48, your sins are forgiven. And in verse 50, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. If she was going back to the same chaotic and destructive sinful lifestyle from which she had come. Some commentators believe that she had already repented of her sins before she came to the house. I tend to believe that. But whatever the case is, when she left this house, she was a penitent and obedient follower of Christ. 
because Jesus would not have said those words, go in peace. There would have been no peace in her life if she had still been at enmity with God. So the characteristics here of her faith, of her love, that is approved friendship with Christ are overcoming obstacles to come to Jesus, that is doing brave things, doing hard things to come to Jesus. Number next, emotion in coming to Jesus, giving of her heart, humility in coming to Jesus, generosity in coming to Jesus, and penitence in coming to Jesus. I love taking apart these episodes in which Jesus commended someone because it, it has a way of personally talking to Cindy Colley and saying, Examine yourself, Cindy Colley. Are these characteristics in your love for Christ? And that's what this chapter is about. Thank you, and I hope you have a good day.